Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns. An Erio's original. Each week, we decide who's to blame for a historical tragedy. And each week, you tell us if we got it right. My name is Rebecca Delgado Smith, and this is The Aftermath. The Aftermath. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Aftermath. Today, we'll be speaking with guest expert George Burgess. George is an ichthyologist, a marine biologist who studies various species of fish, including sharks. He's also curator emeritus of the International Shark Attack File at the Florida Museum of Natural History in Gainesville. Let's hear what this very real expert has to say about Jaws, the movie. I'm so excited to have you on our show. Well, I'm delighted to be with you. You know, I think you are definitely our our first ever ichthyologist um, that we've interviewed. <laughs> now, can 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 you explain uh, to our listeners your area of study and tell us about your work surrounding shark attacks? Well, uh, I, uh, I spent my career as a, an ichthyologist uh, from the the Greek word ichthys, shark or, or a fish rather. And uh, I've been studying fish and specifically sharks. I just sort of jumped in on shark there early because uh, I, uh, I began to specialize in sharks uh, early in my career and spent most of my career working most heavily with the sharks and their relatives, the skates and rays. So 
I was reading that the film Jaws and the, the novel that it's based on were inspired by an actual historical shark that attacked people off the coast of New Jersey in 1916. Can you tell us about these events? Yes. Uh, uh, the uh, Peter Benchley uh, uh, borrowed, if you will, from, from the real world, the, uh, the, the uh, uh, sequence of events that occurred in 1916 off the coast of New Jersey in which a... Uh, uh, what is thought, uh, we think, uh, is was a single shark that moved uh, from south to north up the coastline and along the way was uh, uh, implicated in attacks on, on several human beings, including uh, uh, some, some deaths. And uh, it was the first real shark scare, if you will, uh, of the United States uh, uh, in our history uh, and still remains one of the most... Uh, uh, prominent such uh, events uh, that we've seen relative to sharks and humans. And now, how did the people react to that threat of a date of a deadly shark uh, in their shores in 1916? Uh, interestingly, uh, the the people reacted much the same way as people react today when there's a uh, uh, a nasty shark attack on on in, in their area. And uh, uh, the first is is denial that it uh, it even occurred. Uh, the second is uh, skepticism that it could be a shark. Um, and uh, uh, then the next reaction is to go kill some sharks. And then finally, uh, at the end, uh, let's talk to a scientist and see if we can figure out what the problem is. And so uh, whether it's today uh, in any number of countries in the world where I've uh, interacted with governments on on, on shark bites, uh, or back in 1916, the reaction seems to be about the same. And so, uh, uh, of course, uh, nobody believed that sharks uh, could could uh, attack humans in such a way in 1916. That was the general feeling uh, of the of the uh, the community and and even the scientific community. Um, but but then after that, um, once it became obvious. Uh, then we they followed through with the same sort of things to go uh, kill sharks. They uh, uh, folks went out with dynamite and were throwing dynamite in tidal creeks and things like that, which of course did nothing but kill everything else. Uh, but the, it, that's the same as we see today. We see what I call sacrificial kills that are done uh, after a, a shark bite, where authorities go out and kill some sharks. I suppose is uh, some form of vengeance or whatever. Uh, and the, the public uh, accepts that and, and uh, perhaps even demands it in some cases. Uh, but then after that, uh, the realization is is that you are going to catch the, the offending shark because they're very mobile and are probably miles and miles and miles away by the time you put a hook in the water. So uh, the reality is is then you got to get down to what's the, the basic cause of the, the problem and what can we do to, to, uh, to change the, those causes. So it turns out uh, Steven Spielberg and Peter Benchley are actually quite quite the historians, huh? Yeah, well, uh, you know, uh, we all uh, uh, we all suffer at some uh, level of, uh, uh, of of grabbing uh, lines and, and and stories and things that we've heard or seen from other places because they're they're good. Uh, obviously, <laughs> Bentley understood that the uh, you know the 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 context of the 1916 was formed a wonderful basis for a book and uh you know freely jumped on it he also was uh, very good at also 
uh, having done his, you know, some some looking into sharks and so forth, such that uh, he he developed some of his characters uh, on the basis of uh, real life uh, scientists or fishermen or or whatever. Uh, and and again, good writers do that all the time. Their eyes and their ears are open all the time, and they're making mental notes that sometimes become characters in books. Yeah. So I I read that. Um... Very little was known about sharks in 1916. Why? Why is that? And how far have we come? Um, we know less about sharks than we know uh, about other fishes even today, a uh, hundred years later. Uh, but the the reality is that sharks have always been um, sort of the the, the D list, uh, 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 you know, uh, actors and actresses, so to speak, fish world because. Uh, they're not generally regarded as particularly good eating. Um, and, uh, of course, uh, the, uh, the thought process among many fishermen is that uh, sharks, of course, eat other fishes. And so if they eat the salmon or the cod or the flounder or whatever, the things that are worth money uh, uh, fishing for, uh, then they must be bad. And so uh, that was part of the, the reputation of sharks was uh, perhaps ill-informed, but nevertheless uh, built on the, the premise that sharks are eating our, our food and, and taking our money away from us. Ah, so if we can't eat them, we're not interested in researching about them. Precisely, and and, and regrettably, uh, as a scientist, I, I can tell you that um, it, it costs money to do research. You you have to have funding to help support your, your field program or whatever you're doing, and so um, limited resources in the scientific arena, particularly in the fish arena here, uh, are usually uh, sent to uh, the top of the line, the A-list actors, and that would be the, the food fishes that, that command the highest prices. Ah, So what types of sharks are most likely to attack humans? Can you tell us more about these species, like where they live um, and what their feeding habits are? Yes. Well, uh, uh, the sharks, of course, that we we're most concerned about are those that get to a larger size. Uh, keep in mind that not all sharks are, are white sharks that get to 20 feet long. Um, uh, most sharks, in fact, uh, are, are well under 10 feet in length and most of them under 6 feet. Uh, a big group of sharks that live in the deeper, deeper sea uh, sometimes don't make a, a foot in length. So uh, not all sharks are... are are big. Not all of them have large teeth that can do damage to us. And, and of course, not all of them are actively uh, found in areas where we as humans interact. And where is that? Uh, that's uh, the shallow areas uh, off our coastline. Uh, we enter the sea uh, as non-water-breathing uh, animals. We're uh, eco-tourists as we visit the, 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 uh, the, the nearshore environment. And uh, that means we don't get our, our, our uh, get get deeper than about six feet most of the time because we want to keep our heads above toes touching the bottom. So uh, most people that enter the sea then are within uh, are are, in, are in, in depths of six feet or less, and and the the, the sharks that live in that area usually the surf zone, uh, although sometimes uh, bays and lagoons, but uh, pr- primarily in the surf zone, uh, that's a good area to be a shark, uh, and so. Uh, certain species of sharks are found near shore, um, and some of those sharks get to some size. And so what happens is uh, what we have is ecotourists interacting with sharks uh, in their, their native habitat, and so sometimes interactions occur. Uh, of those, uh, on, the, on the east coast of the United States, 
uh, the primary uh, sharks that one is most likely to interact with in the sea uh, would be black tip sharks, uh, spinner sharks, uh, bull sharks, uh, and certain hammerheads. Now, of those, the hammerheads are, are, are virtually uh, non-dangerous because they, they simply don't interact with humans that much, and they have small mouths. Uh, whereas the other guys, which can get six feet to ten feet in length, uh, depending on the species, uh, can cause damage whether they intend to bite a human or not. And what occurs in the surf zone, uh, we think, is that sharks are making uh, mistakes uh, in an uh, arena where visibility is poor because of breaking surf and turbulence, where uh, those, those breaking waves and cur- uh, currents are difficult to deal with if you're trying to make a living, and sharks are out there. And so they have to make quick decisions and quick grabs, oftentimes in relative blindness, and sometimes the things they bite at are the movements of human uh, legs and arms, primarily, uh, in the surf zone, where we, of course, are extremely uncoordinated and ungraceful. Uh, there's nothing more ungraceful than a human being trying to swim. So uh, kicking of the feet, the splashing of the hands, the yelling, uh, other sorts of things that are going on in, 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 as we play uh, in their, their dining room uh, have, uh, lead to, to uh, potential interactions. So, but, but they don't necessarily, you're saying they don't necessarily like to eat us. Uh, most, most sharks uh, are uh, uh, that are involved in, in bites on humans uh, normally feed upon uh, smaller fishes, uh, and of course, uh, you know we're a five to six foot long fish, uh, so that makes us uh, uh, eminently uh, uh, not searchable. Uh, if we're looking for a one foot mullet and suddenly you get a six foot me, um, it's going to go after the one foot mullet because that's what it normally eats. Or those are their natural food items, what their, their preferences are. And humans aren't a normal part of the food chain. So uh, for 99.9% of all sharks, they've never tasted a human being. Oh, interesting. They haven't, uh, they haven't acquired, it's, we're an acquired taste. I hope we stay that way. I hope they never acquire our taste. <laughs> no, that's right. And, and uh, I, I, one might argue that it probably indicates that we're not very tasty. <laughs> That's really good to hear. That's good to hear. So how likely are these sharks, how likely are sharks uh, to be repeat offenders? Uh, that's, that's the, uh, the uh, $750 question. <laughs> it's a, uh, a situation where, where we as scientists have, can, have very rarely been able to attribute multiple attacks to a single shark. Uh, and uh, I can count on my hands. Uh, the number of instances that, that has occurred historically, and uh, we've looked at information on shark attack going back to the 1500s. So, um, highly unusual for a single shark to go rogue, if you will, uh, to become the serial killer of the of the, the natural world, and uh, uh, it's, it's a very unusual circumstance. So, if you had to guess, what do you think made Jaws the movie shark so hungry? Why why did he go on such a killing spree? 
Uh, it's, I suppose the answer, uh, we, we don't know for sure uh, at this point, especially looking back at, at, at uh, attacks that occurred over 100 years ago. Um, we, we're, we, we still speculate on what shark was involved off of New Jersey, for instance. Uh, I'm of the opinion that it was a white shark. Uh, some others have suggested historically that it would be a, a, a bull shark. Uh, I go into more detail on uh, why I choose white shark uh, at some other time. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the reality is, is that, that, uh, uh, that these animals are uh, going about doing their business. Uh, and uh, in some cases, if, if an animal get, was involved in multiple attacks, we can only hypothesize, much as we do with humans that are serial killers or, or snipers or whatever, that there's something wrong in their brain uh, that has affected uh, their behavior. And uh, whether that's a, a disease or a condition or an injury on their body that makes them, uh, you know, perhaps more aggressive, we can't, we can't tell for sure. And uh, unless you catch the actual animal that was involved and do a, a full dissection and a, and a necropsy on it, uh, you're never going to get that answer. And, of course, uh, we very seldom, if ever, uh, catch the shark involved in an individual bite. So uh, the answer is we don't know. I had a feeling, but I, I, I wanted to try anyway. In the movie, the mayor of Amity Island refuses to close the beaches because he doesn't want to hurt the uh, seasonal economy of their summer resort town. Now, do you think that he put his residents at risk? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I don't have to tell you that there's uh, many parallels we can, can look at in today's, uh, today's world uh, where uh, similar things are occurring. Yes, I would agree. We've, we've talked about that a bunch. It, um, so it, I'm I'm assuming if you were mayor, you would have responded differently. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely, and and uh, uh, un, unsurprisingly, that kind of reaction from a mayor or whoever's in charge of the local community is the status quo, the standard for uh, everywhere in the world. And uh, your first thing when 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 we get involved in, in a shark attack situation is to have to deal with the politics of science. And uh, again, we're seeing this uh, abundantly uh, well today uh, in our current world. But um, you, you've got to, you know, scientists, uh, we, we just want to get the information straight and then uh, measures that you, you do to react to that information become social or political in, in terms of how they're, they're followed up on. The scientists... We want to give you just what the information is, what's going on, why it's occurring. And we might offer some suggestions as to what needs to be done uh, in, in terms of the, the best available uh, next steps. Uh, but in the end, those are social and political decisions that are made. And, and once again, we're seeing the same consequences today as, as we saw in 1916. So uh, if you don't close the beaches uh, and, then, uh, and then another attack occurs on your beach, uh, you're a bad guy, and you and you deserve whatever, whatever um, uh, punishment. Making the wrong decision. On the other hand, if you follow good scientific advice, uh, the most logical way to proceed uh, to save lives and and injuries, well, then you're doing the right thing. So in the movie, going along that Quint, who's a professional shark hunter, 
who's got a temper and a, and a smallish boat, in my opinion, gets hired to kill the shark. Now, who should local officials have called to capture this sh- this particular shark, Jaws? Could the Coast Guard have helped? Um, how would you have dealt with that situation? Well, uh, first of all, you've got to understand that the actual uh, premise in within the, the movie Jaws was an exaggeration of the natural world. And, and that's often happens in, in book writing and, and in movies. Of course, we see all the time exaggerations in, 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 in visual media. Um, so uh, the, the actual premise that there was a single gigantic shark out there that was going to uh, hold a vendetta against human, uh, uh, <laughs> the human race um, you know, is preposterous. And so it was an exaggeration from the start. In the normal world where you have a couple of shark attacks in a given area, uh, the, the order of business would be simply to close down those beaches for a period of time, keeping people out of the water uh, until uh, the threat of that shark, assuming it's a single shark, more, more than likely multiple sharks, uh, occurs as those sharks dissipate and move into other areas. And so that's the standard would be a standard practice that, that good governance would, would, would deal with. Um, so the, the whole, the whole uh, movie and, and book, of course, were built a little bit on, <laughs> on some presumptions that weren't quite right. So, uh, but to, uh, uh, to give that, 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 uh, that position in the movie, it's, it's due credit. It was a very accurate uh, uh, look at how a local politician uh, will be tempted to ignore the uh, warning signs of science and make some really bad decisions that can affect uh, the lives uh, lives of their of their citizens. So, was that shark in 1916 ever caught? Um, I believe so, um, and so do others. Um, there was a a white shark that was caught uh, within a few days of the last uh, attacks that occurred in a, uh, a, a tidal creek in northern New Jersey called Matawan Creek. And it's just inside the bay. And um, uh, that shark was eventually caught in the bay. Um, and according to newspaper articles of the time, uh, human remains were removed from uh, the stomach of the shark and identified as one of the victims. Now, um, as scientists, we we can't just trust the written word of a newspaper, um, you know, 100 years ago. And, and so that was never followed up scientifically by scientists at the time. Uh, but uh, they show, show a picture of the thing and it was hung up and it was actually uh, shown in, in, a, in a, uh, a, a storefront uh, for a week or so in New York. Uh, someone got the, 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 the thing and showed it off. So it was a, a well-known thing. Uh, but that was the white shark that was caught. And that's part of the reason why I believe that the attacking shark was a white shark. Um, but uh, uh, if it was done today, we would have had a lot better understanding of what went on. And we would have done a more uh, uh, efficient job of uh, dissecting the animal and making a call. Well, that's good to hear that it was caught. Um I mean, I, how long do sharks live? Just, the, you know, wondering the potential if, if it could still be out there. Oh, no, it's long dead. Um, <laughs> you know, a white shark, a, a white shark might live uh, 50 years, uh, something like that. And so uh, a, a white shark of, of the size of the one that was caught there would have probably been, uh, if it hadn't been caught, 
uh, could have lived maybe to what uh, they would have probably been 10 years old. So probably been, uh, could have probably lived until uh, the, the 1950s, probably if, if other things were all equal. <laughs> okay, so we're safe. <laughs> um, so I'm just Okay, good. I'm curious. I'm very curious about this. Knowing everything that you know about sharks, do you go in the water when you go to the beach? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's um, uh, each year, the sharks kill on average six human beings worldwide. Six worldwide. Think of the hundreds of millions of people that go into the water and the billions of hours that are spent in the sea each year by humans, by, by animals that splash like hell, that are making noise, that are doing everything they possibly can to attract a shark, and yet only six people die. So the chances of you on your vacation, on your your uh, late night uh, a dip or whatever, dying are, are, are infinitesimally small. Uh, that said, no one wants to uh, have that on their have that on their, uh, their, their gravestone that they, uh, they, they checked out in the shark. <laughs> That's right. You know, I'm from Miami, so I am, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time as a child having nightmares about this. There, there, there are a lot of people that, uh, that, that, uh, saw the movie, uh, Jaws and keep in mind that came out initially in 1975. So that's 45 years ago. Uh, there's still people that, that, that won't go in the water because it scared them so much, uh, that they won't do it. Um, that said, we need to remember that that the the movie that scared everybody and the book uh, that was written um, are works of fiction, and uh, they were they're there for entertainment purposes. They are not uh, documentaries, and they're not uh, scientific papers. So um, as long as people understand when they go to see a movie that it's not all real. Um, <laughs> then you come out with, with you know, entertained and not scared. Uh, in the case of of uh, of, uh, of the uh, the movie Jaws, the initial one, it was done so well that a lot of people came out thinking it was like a documentary, and so they believed all the hyperbole and all the exaggerations, and quite frankly, uh, all the errors that were in there uh, in the in the movie in terms of science, and uh, it, it uh, helped. Uh, foster a generation of people who uh, have a different view of sharks. Well, we're here to help those people get back in the water. Well, that's good. That's good because they, <laughs> they deserve to be. Uh, but just keep in mind, when you enter the water, again, uh, you're a tourist. Uh, you're visiting somebody else's uh, dining room. And so um, uh, just like you wouldn't come to somebody's uh, human house, uh, Consider the feelings and the the norms of the, of that uh, that household. You shouldn't enter the sea and expect the, the that all the animals and all the plants of the sea to bow down to us and and uh, and and so that things are perfectly uh, 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 safe. And and so uh, as a result, it's incumbent upon us as humans with the bigger brains and the fact that uh, that we can dominate a world around us to understand fully that when we enter the sea, we're taking a chance, just like we take a chance when we go hiking in the mountains or go visit the Serengeti Plain for, for ecotourism purposes. There's a chance that there's danger out there and that you've got to be careful. And it's incumbent upon us to make those, those changes. Fantastic point. Be a good guest, people. <laughs> so finally, if you... If you had to pick one person or thing, who or uh, to blame for 
Jaws the movie for the tragic loss of life, who or what would that be? I, I blame that uh, that, that uh, naked girl who is uh, <laughs> skinny dipping at night uh, for the for the whole thing because. Uh, if it wasn't for that, there'd been no opening for the movie and the rest of it wouldn't have worked real well. <laughs> wow, that's that's I, I didn't I didn't see that one coming, George, but thank you for that. <laughs> well, George, thank you so much for uh, coming on our show and, you know, helping us understand sharks and the historical background of, you know, one of the best horror movies of all time. It was. It's a great movie. I love Jaws. Uh, I can watch it again anytime. Uh, it's always tough as, a, as an ichthyologist to watch it because there's errors in there. And the first time I saw it, I was a graduate student at the University of North Carolina in 1975. And uh, when the movie came out, myself and one or two other grad students went to, to watch it. And uh, of course, we were all studying fish. And so we all knew something about what's going on. And uh, uh, we were sat in the last row, and uh, when people were screaming in horror, we were laughing and, and rolling on the floor uh, because the things weren't, weren't right. And so, of course, it might have had something to do with the fact that we had a sort of pre-party before we went to the movie. But uh, nevertheless, the uh, we still have fun watching it. And every time we watch Jaws, any fish guy will immediately jump up and, and, and say something because it, it, it obviously had lots of uh, problems. <laughs> well, we'll have to have a screening with you there. <laughs> yeah, that's me fine. <laughs> I was just, just going to say one of my favorite parts of the movie uh, was when uh, Richard Dreyfus, who's playing the scientist, and and did a pretty good job on that. I, I enjoyed his his portrayal of it because it kind of matched up uh, what you'd think. But he's uh, he's looking at a body, uh, a dead body, and of course, unless uh, Richard Dreyfus was me, uh, I'm basically the only guy in the world who looks at at, at shark attack victims, uh, both from the medical standpoint and the the biological one, but so he's in there doing a, a an autopsy on human, which no scientist would ever do. Uh, but uh, uh, that said, uh, he says, "Oh, this was not caused by a squalus acanthus," and uh, of course, a uh, that's the genus and species of the spiny dogfish. A a little shark that gets to about three feet long uh, has <laughs> teeth that are hard, uh, calling teeth, and so. Um, uh, to to go ahead and make a reference to that just had the whole room roaring when 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 seen by a bunch of fish people. <laughs> what a a great uh, perspective just to to watch that movie from. I'm sure there's so many jokes I I laughing laughable moments I missed. Yeah, as in anything, I guess there's uh, there's subtlety in in these things. And uh, but if you're gonna go watch Jaws. Just watch the first one. Don't watch any of the sequels because uh, each sequel became increasingly ridiculous. And uh, it made the the first one was, was fine cinema. Thereafter, they just became moneymakers. Well, good. That's good advice. Thank you. That And that's advice from a, a shark expert, people. <laughs> well, thank you so much, George. This was such a fun uh, opportunity uh, for me. So... And I think our listeners are going to really enjoy this. Well, good being with you and, and uh, be safe. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have stress and anxiety we carry around as we go about our everyday life. At The Alarmist, we know it's always better to say it out loud and talk it through. Whenever I stress about the sinking of the Titanic, I don't sit with those thoughts in a dark room. I turn on the lights and dive right into it. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and work through what's really going on. Maybe you can't stop spiraling or catastrophizing. I started therapy over 10 years ago and never looked back. If you're thinking of starting therapy... Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Heck, we sometimes change our minds and rethink the verdict at The Alarmist. And that's also okay when it comes to therapists. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Alarmist today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash alarmist. With us today, we have producer Amanda Lund. Rebecca, that was such a fun interview. I got to tell you, Amanda, that, um, I, you know, I, I, I love having this podcast and we get to do such cool stuff. Um, somehow we, we've, we've put ourselves in a position where we get to talk to all of these really cool experts. Um, but that was just thrilling for me. I mean, he, I don't know, it just really, the way he sort of laid things out was just so interesting. Um, and it really puts Jaws the movie in a whole new perspective. And oh my God, to have the chance to go back in time and watch it with him and all his fresh fish friends in the theaters. <laughs> I think if I did have a time machine, like forget going back to like Shakespearean England, I would just want to go back and watch Jaws with the fish guys. Oh my God, will you bring me? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> what? I, I I know, I just, I really did want to be his friend. I mean, I mean, he was so lovely. And God, <laughs> did he make some great points. And I just was scribbling down notes. I... I mean, we have to talk about the the most obvious at one, at least for me. I mean, he blamed the the skinny dipper. 
<laughs> oh, that was just so amazing. I mean, and you know what? We were being so sensitive to like, don't blame the victim, don't blame the victim. But I think, and I take, you know, I, that was in part a large part me, but I do think there is something about, you know, she, you wouldn't go to someone's house for dinner fully nude. <laughs> I mean, the way he, the perspective he gave us about like going into the water, you know, we are, we're, we're a dinner guest and we're the food, you know? Um, (laughs) So what, what are we thinking? Of course, we need to be very respectful of our, of our oceans and the, the, the people who live there. And you're, you know, she was splashing around. She was, (laughs) Like you she was said, swimming at night. She was swimming at night. She didn't have any sort of bathing suit on that might differentiate her from a seal. And <laughs> you know, it it wasn't. It was just poor etiquette. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, you should have seen me. I I had my hands up in the air. Like (laughs) (laughs) the other thing, just going back to um, how George said when he he has a unique experience watching Jaws because of his obviously his expert knowledge on sharks. I feel like that's how we are watching La La Land. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. (laughs) I'm just screaming out of being like, that's not how it is. (laughs) That's so true. That's probably why my La La Land experience was <laughs> movie watching experience was terrible. I couldn't I, I, I mean, I couldn't roll my eyes far back enough. I know. I know. It, it sent me into an existential crisis, that film. <laughs> um, OK, so what else did you think that we maybe missed from after talking to George? Because I have my little list here. I want to see if we wrote down any of the same things. Well, I, I mean, I thought we... Uh, I thought we covered a lot of it with the mayor, obviously. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I I thought it was fascinating that he also made the connection, you know, to the time that our our current times and our political um, situation. I I, uh, two things I was like, oh, we should have we should have put politics up on the board. Yes. Yes. What did he say something about? I wrote uh, the politics of science. Yes. Is what he said. And and we also should have put up not listening to our scientists. We totally missed that one because it did come up, I believe, in our conversation. But for some reason, we didn't get it up on the board. And I think, you know, actually, Joe Biden even said this in the that horrible, awful, if you can call it a debate, whatever that was. Um, the other night, he said he used the phrase like muzzling the scientists. Oh, I mean, that was and that was that's a huge part of this movie. Yeah. So it is. So I I do think that should have gone up on the board. Um, He also, you know, we had capitalism up on the board, but he made a really fascinating point that we don't know enough about sharks because um, they are eating the A-list fish, which is so funny that he used A-list and (laughs) D-list to describe the fish. And I would never think of sharks as D-list because they're so sort of popular. They're having a moment, what with Shark Week and everything. But I do, I understand his point that because they're not making us money, if anything, they're costing us money that people aren't paying to have research done. So I thought we could have put lack of research up on the board. That's a great point. That's a really good point. Yeah, I, 
I, I thought that was so interesting too. I guess if if you can't eat if you can't eat it and therefore um, farm it, right? Then you're yeah. just not, uh, you know, uh, the research money isn't there. It's just not I, there. I guess not. And they're also not killing enough people to really be a super threat. So, how about that? Six um, people a year. I guess it's just when I it, mean when it comes out in the news that uh, a sh- there's been a shark attack, everyone freaks out. Like he said, the the different steps of you know denial, shock, all all the things, and it makes it a bigger thing. But I don't know. I I guess our chances are good as long as we don't go splashing in the water. I think you know I I think I'm going to feel much better going to the beach. Well, that's good. And, you know, I love the beach. So this is really helpful for me. Yeah. Um, (laughs) The other thing I thought was so interesting, he mentioned this right at the beginning about how after a shark attack, there a shark attack, there tends to be uh, what he called sacrificial kills, like vengeance kills, where everyone kind of knows you're not exactly killing the right shark because that shark's long gone. But it's like kind of just like this fake masquerade we all go through, like killing some random sharks being like, okay, everyone can get back in now, even though it's, it's doesn't make any sense. Oh, so like killing for for, for killing's sake. Or something like revenge. yeah, it's almost just for for show. Yeah, right. just to be like, well, we showed we showed them, even though it just nature doesn't work like that. So it would have been okay. So two things also that we should have put up on the board. One was the uh, capitalism of of fish. <laughs> would you call it that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me, that kind of goes because we had capitalism already, but we were more talking about the mayor not shutting down the resort town. But yeah, I think I think it's kind of like lack of research on sharks, which is, I guess, due to capitalism, right? So lack of research and also. Um, the 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 sh- killing for show gives us a, a a false sense and it gave the people in the movie a false sense of security right yeah so i guess we could call, i mean i guess that's kind of mo- a little bit more of a stretch to kind of connect that to the actual movie um because they did do a revenge one revenge kill in the movie but then they Jaws, because Jaws is a fictional shark, it continued to kill, which normally Jaws would have just, you know, I don't know, like fled to international waters or something. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so he was out of the jurisdiction. <laughs> he would have right. swam to Mexico. <laughs> um, the other thing I thought was interesting was, okay, so George equated a shark that kills multiple times to like essentially a serial killer and said that the only way to really explain that would like you would do with a human if if maybe they had a brain injury or something which i thought was so interesting to to think of those parallels between like a deranged shark and a deranged human so i was like maybe we should have put like like jaws's like Jaws being a psychopath or a brain injury or like did Jaws have abusive parents or just the same treated the same way we treat a serial killer. Thank you so much for bringing that up. I I uh I, I found that so interesting as well um when he was talking about that um and, and just making that connection. I think yeah, what what, what is that? It it could be like um Jaws's uh personal trauma. 
Okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, there must be something going on with Jaws to be deranged like this. Right. I mean, it's it's un un uh we we haven't gotten a, a diagnosis. It's undiagnosed. Um yeah. obviously, I don't think we'll ever be able to get that diagnosis. Um and it's definitely untreated. Undiagnosed yes, and untreated it- whatever that might be, whether it's a physical trauma or uh, more of a, a brain trauma mm-hmm. or something, right? I just actually had an idea, and this is all conjecture, but what if Jaws, when Jaws was young, was the subject of one of these sacrificial attacks? So <laughs> like there was some other older shark, this is back, I don't know, this would have been like more in the 40s or something. There was another shark who... Like made an attack on a human, and then they went out and hunted a few other sharks, um, and maybe killed Jaws's friend or killed Jaws's father or something as the sacrificial kill. Mm. Um, and then that sort of turned Jaws like into hating people because someone he loved was killed for no reason. Yes, Amanda, definitely speculation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But can't you see it? Doesn't it make perfect sense? I need to write some fan fiction stat. Um, Yeah, look, you know, it could be. It could be anything. (laughs) But I, I, I feel like I really take your point. And I wonder, you know, because we ended up sending the mayor, right, to to jail. Yes, and then toxic masculinity got the slap. But I wonder if we should have slapped the shark. And um, I guess, can you slap a shark for its trauma? I mean, it seems a little mean. That's right. <laughs> That's right. But <laughs> And I actually think you're supposed to punch a shark That's, right in the nose. Yeah, yes, <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> I, in between the eyes. <laughs> I don't think you run from a shark because the odds are it's a faster swimmer. You know? Yeah, I mean if you're running, you're already good because that's you're on right. Land. <laughs> <laughs> really good point. <laughs> well, do you think we should have slapped but, but, the, the 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 skinny dipper? Or maybe like bad manners, bad um guest manners. I like that. I also like some sort of area of like lack of research or lack of understanding. Um our lack because, of understanding of of the ecosystem, maybe. Like, what are yeah, we thinking? Or like the the politics of science is also sort of juicy. Mm, yeah, I mean, I look. I I think the mayor is in jail, and he's better get comfy because he's not going anywhere. I agree. I think we totally nailed it with the mayor because he also exemplifies capitalism. He exemplifies toxic masculinity. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I, so this, mm. I got to tell you, I think, I think personally, I'm leaning towards um, the, the, the skinny dipper. And I'll tell mm. you, <laughs> I'll tell you why. I think she, that that encaptures not just like our lack of understanding of our our ecosystem, but also like this. Um, I mean, I don't know what else to call it, but like this American way of like, okay, well, you know, I, I'm in the ocean now. Like, I'm I'm uh, 
it's my I'm, I, I'm yeah. in and so it's mine <laughs> it and just sort of taking no precautions right it's, um yeah and that also connects to this like lack of research because you know she didn't have the information Right. Um, so it's like, uh, so if, if that kind of gets the slap, and then we just do like a little bit of a finger wave, you know, you know what finger wave I'm talking about? Like, come on, people, uh, we need more oh, yeah. funding. Okay, I see. So the fingers straight up, and it's going sort of horizontal. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I see what you're yeah. I'm pointing the finger and waving at um, lack of funding. It's a w- more of a wag. It's a wag. Yeah. Like I got my eye on you. So there's eye. Yeah, I see. Eyesight involved. Um, so, okay. So who are you? How are you wanting to phrase this slap? Um, the, I think let's phrase it as um, bad ocean guest. Okay. <laughs> Our bad and, and ocean guest. I, I, I mean, essentially, we are slapping the woman skinny dipping for being a bad, a rude ocean guest. Rude ocean guest. That's good. That's better. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay I like that. Uh, so I'm calling it uh, rude ocean guests. You're getting the big, the big slap. I like it. I think, you know, we're making George proud there. Uh, oh, uh, before we go, though, Amanda, we got to talk about, you know, the email we got. Um, oh, I saw this. Yeah, Paul um, Paul wrote us a little correction, sort of, you know, put us in our place a bit. Yeah, we, for, we got our first angry email about uh, Jaws, and it, it was from our, our own guest. <laughs> Which makes sense because the episode hadn't dropped yet. That's right. <laughs> so we're at 100% angry emails from the people... <laughs> Who have listened to uh, the episode, and I, I, and I, I got a cop to this. I called one of the characters, a very famous character in the movie, Sam Quint, and this was because of some uh, my online, you know, digging around. But I haven't hadn't uh, uh, read the the book yet. And Paul, who's you know a real expert on Jaws, the movie and the and the book called me out on it saying Quint has has no first name there's no who's Sam Quint is what he said so we yeah th- there was, was a little really taken aback yeah there was some back and forth um and he apparently did a lot more research on uh online and and sent us an angry um like screenshot with he, he also managed to like circle it with red so, so he ed- definitely edited this photo. <laughs> I don't know that I would call it angry as much as indignant. <laughs> but he circled a, a, a finding from online and it says, uh, you know, the question, someone asked the question, did Quint have a first name? And the response was Quint had no first or middle name, all, you know, bold. Peter Benchley yeah. did not give him uh, one in the book, and Spielberg did not give him one in the movie. You lose all credibility by creating a Jaws wiki with patently false information. This His only known name was Quint. <laughs> 
And okay, so point taken. And it was just so powerful how Paul chose not to put any of his own text or commentary in this email. It's, <laughs> it's simply a blank email with an attachment with a big red circle around that piece of information. And he just let that speak for itself. Yes, it, it was um, it was very direct. So thank you, Paul. <laughs> Your point is very much taken. Um and we'll, you know, we'll, this is why we do the show. This is why we go back and forth. This is why we have an aftermath. Right, Amanda? That's exactly right. And we will be issuing a public apology <laughs> from our social media accounts as well. So we have our publicists furiously working away on that. <laughs> um, okay. So just, you know, a little, little, uh, what do you call it? House, housekeeping, some little housekeeping. Yes, and speaking of, you know, a few more announcements before we wrap up. Uh, we have our live show coming up. So everyone mark your calendars, October 23rd at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, go to houseseats.live to reserve your spot. Tickets are pay what you can. We had so much fun on the last one. So we had everyone chiming in in the chat room. You can yell at us in person this time um, as we're getting it wrong live. <laughs> and And we're talking about who's to blame for the notorious serial killer Ed Gein. And he's the guy who was like making lamps and stuff out of human skin. Yes, very disturbing. And also he's the guy who who Silence of the Lambs is uh, inspired by, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and Psycho. So um, he, it's going to be creepy, I think. Are you scared? It's going to be creepy. Uh, I haven't been sleeping since we announced the live show. <laughs> I'm very scared. And what's cool about this, even if you can't make it, say you've got to work late or something that Friday, the live show will be up for a week. So you can watch it. Um, anytime between then and of course we'll release it as a as its own episode as well yeah but, um yeah i mean i think it's just gonna be really really fun we've got a great guest that's right amy garcia who you guys uh might know from dexter and lucifer those tv shows um yeah she's sort of a you know a, a scream queen if you will yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and of course, you know, Clayton will be um, on the uh, uh, listener liaison, the the uh, viewer liaison. He'll be in the chat room. And if you let him bring up capitalism for this one, I mean, this should be capitalism proof. But I don't think it's I don't know how it could go back to capitalism unless he was like selling his human skin goods on Etsy or something and needed like to keep up with buyer de- demand. <laughs> so yeah, you just got to keep him in check people. And then also I want to just remind everyone if you haven't already to rate and review the podcast because it helps other people discover the alarmist. Um, here's one that we just got from Wick Wick ZX. Funny and addictive five stars. I just found this podcast and started with Taylor Swift, Kanye West, and fell in love. So thank you. And if you haven't already, please, please, please go and rate and review. Yep. We really appreciate it. So thanks for listening, everyone. And tune in next week. We will be discussing who's to blame for Vlad the Impaler. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.